Hi, welcome to Your Grit Story, where we chat with entrepreneurs, innovators, and leaders who live by passion and perseverance to make the future a reality. Let's be inspired by the stories as you create Your Grit Story. A very warm welcome to Your Great Story Podcast. We are on our third episode of the parenting series where we learn from parents about their tips and advice around mothering and fathering. Today, our distinguished guest is Brian Tan, the CEO of That's for Life and the Center for Fathering. Welcome, Brian, to the show. Oh, thank you, Eric. Thanks for having me on. All right, cool. Uh, first of all, thank you for your time um, to join me in the show. And I look forward to this episode because of two reasons. Uh, the first reason is because I'm also a dad of two boys, uh, three and six. And I'm very curious to learn about your journey as a dad and how we can be more invested, engaging and be more nurtured as dads. The second reason is that in the last episode, we had your wife, Adriana, with us to share about her journey. So listeners out there, do listen to the earlier episode as we also spoke about a little bit about Brian as well. Let's start with you introducing yourself and share about your family so our audience and listeners can get to know you better. On to you, Brian. Thanks, Eric. Well, I must say that I'm privileged to be with uh, Dads for Life today. Seven years ago, I was at a bad point in my life. I, was, I felt like I was a hero out there, but a zero at home. It was only true the friendship and the support that I garnered from the Dads for Life community members at that point who gave me support, who helped me to understand my identity as a, as a father, my roles, and even the influence that I held. And then when I found my relationships at home turn around, when I found I had a second chance at a thriving marriage, that got me uh, wanting to volunteer my time with them. And today, I'm just fortunate to be able to to serve them in a full-time capacity. And I have four children. Tell us more about your four kids. Are they boys or girls? Yes, so my first two boys are 12 and 8. My girl is 6 and I have another young son recently at 1 year old. It's a big shift for me because... Uh, I still, I, I still remember when, when, when we got married, I told Adriana, my wife, um, then I didn't want to have any kids because I just didn't, I just wasn't prepared for fatherhood. I just wasn't sure if I'll be a good father. But I guess uh, with her support and in partnership with, with her, we managed to have four and raise four kids. Wow, that's a feat. Uh, just now you mentioned about getting prepared to be a father, right? And uh, you, were, you were not prepared. I was not prepared as well. So probably a good way to start this episode is turning back to day, to day one of you know, having our first kid. How can we be more prepared to be a parent? Or can we ever be prepared for to be a parent? That's quite an interesting um, um, thing because as I reflected on my first uh, kid, uh, I kind of assumed that the bulk of the child rearing uh, would be done by my wife in the first few years because um, I thought that was... Uh, I mean, when I studied about uh, parenting then... It seems to suggest that, you know, the first six years, uh, the mom, moms had the greatest influence. And then the next six years, um, dads have an influence. And then beyond that, um, the world and their peers start to have a big, bigger influence than the parents. That's in the adolescent years. Um, and the kids only come back to wanting to have more of a father's influence when they are 18 onwards. So I thought I would have enough time to learn to grow into a, to a father. And I wanted to leave the first the growing years of the first formative years of my children's life to mommy. And then thankfully, I realized uh, through that's for life, through the center for fathering that that's not the case because it's important for dads to play a very involved role at every stage of the child's development because that's how they can grow holistically 
And that's why it also gives that a greater sense, sense and satisfaction in fathering when we are involved at the very beginning. So share with us a bit more about getting involved from the beginning. Uh, we, we can't breastfeed, right? Uh, you know, we, can, we can't do a lot of things for sure, but um, especially from a bi- biological perspective, right? So how can we be support from day one? What I learned after going through or ex- experiencing uh, childbirth through my wife's experience four times it's uh, the number one thing I have to do is to make sure that mommy is comfortable is to make sure that mommy is supported and then um, what I do for the newborn is um, even though I initially felt inadequate in you know carrying the baby uh, burping them and uh, trying to pacify them and put them to sleep and all those instances gave me an interesting sense of satisfaction it, ga- it gives me the opportunity to bond with them and I'm also thankful that my wife gave me that space to come in because it's so easy for mommy to just take to, to just care for the baby because I mean moms are also natural right but when they allow when they take a step back and allow us dads to come in that's where we have that really precious moment to start bonding with our kids I don't know whether my kids uh, feel it today but we do have quite a nice bond and I kind of know how to pacify them and how to put them at ease how to calm them down when you get agitated and how to still put them to sleep it sounds like you really understand your kids really well putting them to sleep or even uh, working with them on maybe I don't know homework or, or even uh, reading books at night or bedtime right so share with us a bit more about the transition, right? Uh, was it like that initially in your first few years of fathering uh, compared to recent years? And share with us more about that transition piece, right? That revolution piece. I think initially, uh, I, I mean, with my first kid, I didn't know what to expect or what to do. I thought providing for the family simply meant that I just uh, give them whatever I can materially and be around to make sure that mommy needs practical support. But that's the emotional support that I neglected investing in my in my marriage in my marriage for our first two kids. And I think with every child we we kind of found a better way to nurture the newborn as well as manage the, the expectations and the group dynamic dynamics of the other children in the house. It came through for me it came through learning from other dads who have gone through who have gone past those cycles who are one or two life cycle stages ahead of uh, us I learned it from from moms and also my own wife on what what kind of support that she needs and there's also quite a lot of uh, resource uh, at the time when I was picking up a lot of resource from Center for Fathering on how to manage the early years of our child's life how to manage what to expect for shared parenting and even as our kids move into primary schools that I, I had to do a reset to the way I parent them and I know that now my my older kids are going to move into the adolescent stage. I'm going to have to do a whole reset to my parenting skills again. <laughs> yeah, I realize it's a constant learning. Once we familiar and we know what we, we need to do for this stage, oh, it's like they've moved on to the next stage, right? Um, my kid is turning P1 next year. My wife and I uh, have some sort of anxiety as well, like what to expect, right? Share with us, right? Even listeners who are parents, who are fathers as well. How do we manage these transitions, right? Are there go-to resources, right? Um, are there like a particular workshops we can go to to learn more? There are a lot of resources and programs at the Center for Fathering to help dads understand the needs of our wives and our children at various life cycle stages of our children's life. There's also a huge community of uh, fathers 
through the Dads for Life networks, we have we have more than 140 father groups all around Singapore, embedded in schools, social institutions, uh, workplaces, even grassroots and interest group uh, groupings like soccer, basketball, and all who would come together to support one to live life as fathers together and to support one another and hold one each one another accountable for the state of who we are at home. But I think more importantly, our biggest resource is really um, in our own homes, right? Uh, parenting is a partnership between, you know, mom and dad. And even if the marriage uh, doesn't work out, having that cordial relationship with uh, the, the mother of our children, um, having that shared understanding of the life cycle stage needs of our kids and making sure that uh, our child has access to both parents, if not at least a male authority figure, a mother figure in their lives because we know that men and women, we are so uniquely different, but yet we play complementary roles in our children's life and they need to have both. And the other thing I'm going to share is, it's not so much about the doing. Yes, there's, there's, there are many things that we seem to be doing, but distilling, going back to the core of it all, we just need to, we just need to be who we are. Just because, I mean, Many of us men here, dads, we know that just because we got married, we do not lose our identity, right? Neither does our wife lose her identity. When we become parents, we don't lose our identity just to become husband and wife or fathers and moms. We are still who we are. My wife, Adriana, is still who she is as a unique individual. I am unique and I need to make sure that I am secure in my identity as Brian. Not just son, husband, father, but also, Brian, I need to make sure that I don't lose my identity. And because my being is secure, that helps me to navigate all the various changes that comes uh, as our family uh, grows, as our kids grow up, as we change our jobs, or you know, all those dynamics coming around. There's going to be many flux in our life, but we just need to be centered on who we are and just be consistent because that's what our kids uh, need. They need consistency. I may not be the best dad to them at the moment, but at least I'm consistent and they, and, and they will grow with me as I grow to understand myself, as I grow into my role as a father. And likewise, our wives marry us for who we are, right? And they grow with us from there. I mean, we are, we are not static, so things are dynamic, but we just need to be consistent and uh, yeah, and we grow together as a family, as a couple. And we figure things out along the way, right? I mean, things happen, bad situations happen. We just take it on and we just grow together. Because the truth of the matter is, I do not know better. Uh, I don't have the answers to everything. So all I can truthfully tell my kids and my wife is, you know, I, I don't know. Let's uh, take this on together and we learn together. and We thrive in this situation together. <laughs> And I think the pandemic has taught us that. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah, uh, second to that as well. Yeah, I uh, really love what you said about uh, really dynamically consistent because if we are inconsistent, our kids be confused, right? Sometimes I'm very fierce, sometimes very gentle, sometimes I'm this and that. You know, I think being consistent uh, is really, really important and really second to that. And you mentioned a lot about co-parenting and shared parenting. I believe you have some guiding principles, right? Uh, between you and Adriana to kind of manage your family, right? As a couple, Share with us a few of these guiding principles that um, young parents like us can adopt. I think one thing is uh, communication. We find that uh, before we start uh, discussing anything, we need to make sure that our communication channels are open, that we communicate on the same plane. I, I tend to uh, use my mind a lot 
I'm not very in tune with my with my heart, with my emotions, and my vo- my vocabulary for emotions and feelings are quite limited. I think many other dads are, are probably many other men are probably in a better state than I am. Yeah, so when I communicate to my wife, it's always at the head level, right? I come with logic, I come with justification, and I try to reason everything out. But sometimes it's not what she wants. She just wants me to be able to relate emotionally, and that's the thing that I'm still learning to do. That we have different styles of communicating, and we need to identify one another's uh, style uh, needs and how can we speak, and to have the channels open. Once we have that done, then only could we start to talk about you know um, the kind of values that we hope to have for our family we, we can have the goals uh, the vision for our families for our marriage also and even for ourselves because we never lose our aspirations as an individual and we need to make sure that our that that my that i need to know i need my wife to know uh, who i am and what i still aspire towards in addition to all the other roles i play within the home right and all the other shared visions and even the shared reality I think it's important for us to be able to talk about the shared reality within the marriage, within the family, to see as it is, and, and to make sure that you know we are both on the same page when we talk about when we talk to our kids, when we talk about the circumstances that our kids are in, the state of our family, and even the state of our marriage, because we need to inv- we need to invest in it. And, it's, and for me, I often neglect that aspect, and I need to constantly be reminded. And I'm just grateful that my wife Adriana is very patient and very gracious to allow me to grow in those roles yeah thanks for sharing i realized that everybody's unique right uh, everybody's unique every marriage is unique every couple is unique and every family is unique right so this whole dynamic individually and as a, as a couple and as a family is so dynamic i really love what you mentioned right about um the shared parenting and co-parenting the question is how do you maintain this relationship with your partner or in other words, how do you keep the flame burning? Because if, if the flame, flame-ish means like the love, you know, like the husband and wife, you know, like how do we, should we stop, stop dating? How should we continue dating as couples like we were, right? When, when we were like caught shit, right? A wise man used to tell me this. Uh, the amount of effort, I, I mean, to, to always remember how we used to woo our wives, right? How we used to pursue them before they became our wives, right? And to apply the same thing every day in our marriage because that's the, that's the same thing. Because I want my wife to feel cherished. I want my wife to feel worthy. I want my wife to feel secure. Other than wooing her and making sure that uh, she knows that I'm here and, and all. The other thing that I need to always be mindful about is I must always provide the reassurance that I will never leave. No matter how bad the situation is, no matter how bad our disagreements might be, I will never leave because I want her to have that security. I want my kids to have that security that daddy will not walk out, walk away from that, will not abandon them or abandon mommy in, in, in that scan. I want them to have security. So I think, and there are many good ways, uh, uh, people do it, right? Date nights, uh, if you if you can afford the time. I mean, now I have, I have four kids, we have very young kids. Even for us, there's still time together away from the family requires a lot of orchestration right with our parents uh, with other child minders and, and, and such but we try to find uh, windows to, to to still go out as a couple to hopefully have conversations uh, as a couple and to also be mindful that um, there are many things that come along that will create that busyness in our lives and we need to watch for that so we need to make sure that we need to protect some time not just for the family, 
but also for us as a couple. You know, so time protection is important. And then surprise our wives. Uh. I mean, I, I think most men are good at that, right? We, we, we are very good at surprises, right? And I think some women like surprises. <laughs> yeah, so just keep uh, doing it. Uh. So if we understand the love languages of our wives, I think that's, uh, that helps, right? Whether she likes, whether she resonates with words of affirmation, whether she, she likes a physical touch, whether she likes receiving gifts, and, and all whether she likes you know giving to 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 others and then you we just join them in in giving to to others doing good to others and all so there are, there are many ways that we can uh, continue to be the person that we used to be when we were trying so hard to woo our wives well said well said yeah i think <laughs> this is like a mini workshop uh, i feel right <laughs> let me hear you say how you know we should actually time protection right to really probably like take leaves off work, right? To really dedicate the day to going out and a nice meal, a nice day, talk about things uh, as well as surprising her, right? That really, you know, reminds me uh, that I haven't surprised my wife for a long, longest time. Yeah, so that's something that you work on. Uh, definitely catch, catch up offline how to surprise uh, our wives. Or you could you really share with your audience, right? How we could uh, surprise our wives with some ideas. Well, you're not, you're not alone on that. I'm, I'm still trying to, I'm still trying to reclaim the joy, no, sorry, the playfulness that I used to have I think I kind of gave up, you know, that playful nature a long time ago when we started work and all, right? But now I'm trying to get that back again because I find that my kids love play and I just do not know how to play with them. And I know that I used to be playful. So I'm trying to, you know, kind of find that back. And it doesn't just apply to my kids. It also applies in my marriage, right? Yeah, so that's something I'm trying to reclaim. As we speak. What a great reminder to both of us as well as the listeners who are, who are dads to really keep the flame burning, right? To, to kind of reignite the passion in us as, uh, not, I mean, more than fathers as husbands, right? Or uh, boyfriends, right? You know, we were wooing, we were giving flowers, we were, you know, and it's, it's time to really, we can still surprise, you know, them with, um, occasions as well. Share with us how can, just to mention about supporting emotionally, right? Share with us about how can we identify what needs uh, our wives have in terms of uh, emotional needs and all that. So uh, is that, do you really have set up a conversation to ask uh, them about what needs they have or how do you really process that question? I guess with that, we need to be really discerning. I mean, I know there's a lot of literature, a lot of research, a lot of uh, resources, uh, materials out there in, in, in many places. But I think the best source of information is really getting it from our wives, uh, observing observing them. For me, I, I, I have to pay a lot more attention to observe uh, Adriana to see you know, what, what, she, what, what she needs and, and all and try to provide for them. So those practical needs, I think I'm doing quite a good job at that. I can, I can do that. Emotional needs, that's something that I'm um, still learning from uh, many more experienced men, how to delight our wives emotion emotionally yeah and and that would require a lot of um, heart surgery on my own end right to make sure that i can uh connect with my own emotions my own feelings that i can uh, build my vocabulary to articulate how i'm feeling and to also recognize how uh, she's feeling and then uh, finding ways to 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 address them as much as i can so really understanding myself understanding my wife, I think that's that's something that I'm uh, constantly trying to do. And I know that this is a lifelong journey for many of us because we grow, right? We evolve and 
and that's the beauty of it. We we we, we evolve together, and it's not going to be you know same old same old because every day something is something new is going to come in. There's going to be change and all, and it's and just look forward to change. Look out forward to growth. Look forward to how we're going to evolve uh, as a couple and as a as a family. I think connecting to the wives and understanding the wives is definitely important. Let's talk about understanding the kids, right? It's probably a good segue to that, right? Understanding the kids and connecting with your kids. You have got four kids. I have two kids, right? Kids are ever-changing. or Almost every week, every month, they are changing. How do we keep this synergy or this connection with our kids? Any advice for our parents, parents out here? I'll say that the one of the things that we definitely need to be doing is to be present. To be present in their lives. Because if you want to be in their memories in future, you've got to be present in the in, in their lives today right we got to be building helping them to build memories every moment is precious because every moment is is, is a moment to make memories every moment is a, a teachable moment right whether it's good whether it's bad there's always something uh, that we can glean from it so it's helping our kids to you know process these things and also understanding what what our kids need no? I mean just as we spoke about what our, our, our discerning what our wives need, we need to discern what our kids need. And it's so different. So like, I have four kids. All four are so different. I, I can't I can't use the same way I speak. Okay, so I can't even speak to all four of them the same way. I can't soothe them the same way. I can't affirm or edify them the same way. Even when it comes to geese, right? I can't give them the same thing. And I know sometimes it's easy to, you know, just, uh, just engage all at the same time. But having that one-on-one uh, engagement, just as we do with our wives, right? Even our kids, having that one-on-one is precious. And the more often we can do it, the better it will be. One of the things that I try, yeah, so every week I'm consciously trying to make sure that I have a one-on-one time with uh, every one of them so that they, we have that undivided, I mean, they have undivided attention for me. The other thing that we try to do also is to put in some routines, some family routines, like like Fridays we will all go out, go for a swim or or have a meal uh, out. Or weekends, especially Saturdays and Sundays, especially Sundays, I try to make sure that, you know, the food is good. Uh, sometimes we, we, we order in really good food so that, you know, there's always really good, something to look forward to on Sunday. And Sunday, normally I'll, I'll, I'll let the kids decide what they want to eat. So whatever they decide, I mean, so, so they will know that, you know, Sunday they decide. And then, yeah, and they take turns deciding because everyone wants something different, right? So we will, we will take turns. Someone decides for lunch, someone decides for dinner, and then we try to accommodate everyone because when the kids grow up, I, I hope that they will look forward to Sunday's reunions, coming back to, to meet, to talk, to eat, and to be able to choose their favorite food, for example. Yeah. So some of these routines we are trying to, to start off now, so that hopefully it becomes a family routine or tradition uh, thereafter. I love it. I love it. I love the fact that you spend one-to-one time with kids. Uh, I really need to think about that as well. Because I always think that, ah, just together, just go and cycling or go park together. But I realize that one-to-one really um, is that undivided time spent together and that bond really grows stronger. And you understand him personally, right? Him or her personally. And I really like what you mentioned about having the kids to decide. In the long-term wise, of course, they will always think about, oh, Sunday, you know, let's go for let's go for a nice meal together as a family. It's not just 
daddy and mommy deciding for us. We have we get to decide what we to eat together, right? So I think that's a, a cool decision, right? Pretty cool on like lunch, dinner, different uh, kids kind of decide on different weekends as well. Let's talk about disciplining kids. How do you discipline kids, right? I mean, we of course, there's a saying, spare the rocks for the child. What are your thoughts around this phrase? Disciplining is a, it's a really tough one for, for, for many of us. And I'll say that because it's, it's, it's difficult because every family is unique, right? Uh, we will, just as we try to uh, instill values, just as we try to get them to learn certain things, likewise, learning boundaries, healthy boundaries, and even like enforcing healthy boundaries could be very different uh, from family to family. So like, back to my four kids. The way I discipline all four of them, uh, it's, it's very different. Unfortunately, when my kids were younger, I had to use the rod or at least uh, instill the fear of the rod so that they know you do not cross this line, right? Because uh, I find that I just, I, I didn't know how to rationalize it to them or to, to uh, explain to a three-year-old or four-year-old why you should not do this, uh, how to explain consequences to them when they, they can't accept it. Yeah, and also sometimes because it's convenient, right? But then having said that, uh, my daughter seemed to be able to to appreciate what I'm saying, so she knows. Uh, so cleaning her has to be done in a very different way. We have to use do it do it positively by uh, you know encouraging encouraging positive behaviors rather than punishing uh, negative behaviors, right? Uh, and helping them to and helping them to process what is right what is not so right, what is wrong, what is very wrong. One of the things that I find myself having to do also is to exemplify what it means by good behaviors, exemplify, be a role model, right? So when I say, you know, you should not be use hurtful words, you should not, you must respect your, your mom, you must not dishonor your, your mom. I need to be able to demonstrate that to my own parents, right? Uh, yeah, so I need to make sure that, you know, the words I use, I uh, use uh, properly even the word you know, I need to make because words are powerful right and kids pick up words uh, I mean they, they learn the world through observation through the words that we use so I have to be very mindful about the kind of words I use about the tone that I use when I speak to people because they pick up all these nuances and they will use it thinking that it is fine right I mean many times uh, some of us have been in, in, in very awkward situations where our child will say something that is socially inappropriate in a big setting, thinking that it's fine, but actually it's not. <laughs> and they probably pick it up from us in the in the safety of our homes. So at all times, they're looking at us. We need to exemplify. And when we fail, which for me is quite often, when I fail, I make sure I let them know. If I hurt them in the process, I have to make sure that I... I, I make it up, I, I seek to reconcile, uh, I make restitution, and I try to restore the peace, the harmony, and even the trust that I have with them. Sometimes I end up in a bad uh, disagreement with my wife, kids observe it, uh, and then I know that uh, I need to start to apologize if I'm wrong, um, and start to you know restore the whole thing, to show them that people fall, we all fall, we're not perfect. But what do we do when we fall? So they need to be able to, to, to see how we pick ourselves up as adults, how we overcome uh, the challenges that's before us, and how 
it is okay to not be okay, right? I mean, if that's if you're in that state where you're just not okay, there's no need to wing it. There's no need to fake it because they know they see it, right? So it's uh it's all about like I say, it's all about being us, right? It's for me, it's about being me, uh, being willing to show my vulnerable side, being able to show my ugly side, uh, but yet not condoning my action if it's wrong. Um, I need to make it right. You know, so they see how I pick myself up when I fall on my on my face. Wow, thanks for being so vulnerable to share uh, this episode. Uh, I think I think being humble is important. Uh, I realize right because if pride kind of takes over our life, then you'll be everything is correct, right? You know, but actually sometimes we are wrong, and when we are wrong, we need to admit. I think that's where I feel that even as dads, we have this oh this you know status of dads, but we need to also be humble and show them the vulnerable side of. Uh, us and they also model after us as we wrap, wrap up uh, we just have a few, few, few more questions to wrap up speaking about that's for life right you are the ceo you're the leader of that's for life and center for fathering what are the plans for coming months you know we know singapore is opening up right we know that uh we, ha- we have restrictions that are taken away we have no um, safe distance measures what are the plans to have that's come back together in the community I think we are really looking forward to the opening up. Uh, many of our father groups have started to start engage, uh, engaging uh, the other dads around, coming together to start living life together in communities. Some have started to organize various forms of uh, father-child activities. We're also starting to bring more people back into our center uh, who are attending our programs and our workshops. Next month, in fact, uh, month of June, we are having, in commemoration of Father's Day, we're actually having almost weekends every sorry activities every weekend so on Father's Day we are, we are having a huge uh, carnival at Santosa for dads to bring their families out we are anticipating 2,000 families to come and join us in, a, in an adventure race around Santosa the registration link will be coming out soon on our website at www.fathers.com.sg we are allowing 2,000 families to register and to participate and to collect a really nice uh, goodie bags uh, but more importantly to be able to have that time together as a family just running around that 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 wonderful island every weekend we are having uh, all sorts of activities uh, one of them is at the sports hub i think that's in the second week of uh, of june uh, there's going to be a massive uh, family festival by active sg at the singapore sports hub we are one of the partners are encouraging dads to bring their families there and to play on the main pitch, the main field uh, within the sports hub. I think that's quite a draw. In the first week of June, we, we, are, we are going to be joining MSF in a, a family expo at Suntec, I believe. There's going to be a coming together of families and, 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 and family-minded organizations to you know just come together and just have conversations, share resources and more than anything else to allow families to just come together just to enjoy the, uh, the, 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 the expo. So many things happening in, in, in June. Yeah, I think on the, last, on the last weekend, I know many schools are organizing uh, father-child football uh, tournaments. I know uh, we, have, uh, we have three yeah, telemetrics. We have uh, three planting activities throughout the month or so where, where dads will bring their, their kids out and, and plant a tree as part of the, you know, the One Million Trees uh, initiatives in Singapore. We're also having uh, a lot of uh, local grassroots um, groups organizing all sorts of activities in their constituencies uh, to encourage dads to bring their family out again. Yeah, so it's 
yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun field thing. And for the rest of the year, we are going to resume a lot of physical activities. We're going to continue with our virtual, uh, online, and even hybrid uh, workshops and also that it becomes accessible for more uh, dads to come together to not just pick up resources, but to really get into a community of uh, our fathers to you know share life together, to share our challenges, to share practical tips, and also maybe even to get some practical support uh, from one another, especially if we, are, we happen to be living in proximity or our kids go to the same school. Yeah, it's just allowing, creating, as having as many platforms form for men to come together. Wow, wow, wow. Such a strong lineup of events in May and June for dads, families, in fact, right, to come together, right? Uh, I'm, I'm personally excited when you talk about Sentosa, the whole island, running around with the family. Uh, I, I feel like just like, going now, right? You know? <laughs> Um, let me know uh, when the link is up we'll definitely link it to the episode uh, and I will also share it with the listeners um, and fathers out here listening can also register for this series of events that's coming up uh, for families to come together to bond um, as this episode is um, going out in um, near, around the corner for Father's Day in the spirit of Father's Day what is the key takeaway advice for dads out here uh, who are really keen to engage uh, invest and uh, be a nurturing dad. Well, I'll say that I know for a fact that all dads want to be the best that we can be for our families. We want to be as invested in our families and our marriage as best as we can. Uh, sometimes circumstances just hinder us from doing so. Sometimes the lack of knowledge or sometimes experience may may be, may present a cause of concern for many of us. But I just want to highlight that, you know, Center for Fathering is, is, is there to provide resources, to provide counsel, coaching, and, and a community of dads through the Dads for Life movement to support one, ana- uh, one another. Yeah. So to all dads out there on this, on this journey of fatherhood, you'll never walk alone. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you, Brian. Uh, really a very good wrap up for um, calling out Dads for Life and Center for Fathering as a support to dads out here. Um, and thank you for your time uh, in this episode to share with us your advice and tips for parenting and fathering. Thank you so much, Brian. Thank you, Eric. Have a good one. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you.